Hello, everybody. Today, we're back with part two of a presentation Dr. Jeffrey Guild gave at a wonderful living facility in McKinney. He talked about balance, falls, dizziness, vertigo, joint problems, and so much more. We also filmed this presentation and put it up on YouTube, so if you're listening on the podcast version, I really recommend watching the video version instead, since there are a lot of visual demonstrations Dr. Guild does. You can find it by typing Optimove Physical Therapy into YouTube and selecting the video with the same title as this podcast episode. If you're having trouble, call or text 214-712-8242, and we'll be happy to send you the direct link so that you can just click on it. The number again is 214-712-8242. Without further ado, here is part two of the presentation. Right. Yeah, if you're wearing high heels and, and sandals and stuff, it might be an issue. Now, then there is an over-reliance on the shoe itself, right? I mean, unless if you're wearing something extreme like a high heel or a flip-flop, yeah, you might not want to be wearing that anymore. But often what we'll hear is, well, it's the shoes at the shoes. And of course, I'm thinking it's not the shoes. It's, it's the human body. Michael Jordan didn't jump high because of his shoes. He, <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was the body. It was the nervous system. It was the training. It was all that stuff. So um, this one you're going to like. And it's brand new information. So there's a link between bone density and our balance system. Very directly linked. If we have a bone density problem, there is a high association that will also have a vestibular problem. We know this now from the research. The cause yet, not ne causality is not necessarily understood, but we know that there's a link. There's lots of physiological theories as to why, but we know that there is a link between the bone density system and the balance system. So much to the point where the researchers are saying, if there's a problem in one, look for the other. If they have a bone density problem, look at their vestibular system. If they have a vestibular problem, look at their bone density. So that's where the, the therapist and the doctor can work together. And also while I'm on that topic, so well, let's talk about vertigo. So if someone gets vertigo and they're treated properly for it and it's gone, you can significantly decrease the risk of the vertigo coming back if you address the bone density. If they have a vitamin D deficiency and with your doctor, you supplement the vitamin D deficiency, get rid of that, get rid of that vitamin D deficiency, you are significantly less likely for the vertigo to come back. So kind of the idea is, so the vertigo is calcium carbonate crystals that get dislodged into the wrong spot. Well, so it's, it's our bone density system that's deteriorating as we get older. Vertigo usually start, we start seeing that usually around age 40 and increases as we get older. But it's not the vertigo that's the problem that causes falls. I, I argue it's the lack of awareness of it and the lack of proper treatment of the vertigo. The lack of looking at a diagnosis of vertigo and, and then treating it, and then people suffer for months and years and even decades with vertigo untreated, and they get older and older and older. And of course, that becomes a huge problem. It wreaks havoc all throughout their system. Vertigo is completely treatable without medication. Mm -hmm. Medical complexity. So uh, if you work on reducing your medication list with your doctor, with your doctor, with your doctor, uh, get the medications down because polypharmacy is a problem if you're taking too, much, too many medications. If 
the dosage is too high. We know from the research that increases the risk of falling, increases the risk of dizziness. Talk to your doctor about all that. Hospitalizations are horrible on our on our vestibular system. So we're lying flat in the hospital, right? Rarely get out of bed. Even if they do a good job, you're lying flat on your back. Maybe three days, five days, seven days, 12 days, few weeks. If you're in the ICU, it's even worse, right? Long-term care. Our vestibular system is meant to work with gravity, which means standing up, sitting up, right? If you're in the hospital, you're lying flat on your back. Your system is not getting even basic stimulation. You're perpendicular to gravity. And so you'll get people all the time coming out of the hospital with dizziness and balance problems. They're 50 years old and they're stumbling out of the hospital because they've been lying on their back the whole time. So then if you take that... And rotting. And yeah, and take an 80-year-old and then put them in the hospital for a week, see what happens to them. And then you throw in multiple hospital visits. And that's not even considering the medical reason why they're in the, ho- in, in the hospital for the first pl- in the first place. So uh, head injuries are more likely to increase the risk of vertigo. Head injuries, uh, if an older person falls, um, anytime you put um, damage to the... Uh, the nerve, the nervous system, you're going to cause more problems, uh, particularly, uh, with the vestibular system because the vestibular sp- system stretches all throughout the nervous system, all through different parts of the brain. So if you put trauma to any part of the brain, the vestibular system can be affected. So the solution, yes. there we go. That's what we came for. So strengthening the vestibular system. So the walking that we talked about, uh, and then moving your head, getting out, getting out into the environment, getting out into the community. You talk about the effect on, on older people with COVID. Okay. So now we're taking a population of people. First, we've terrified them. And now we're going to keep them completely isolated. What are they going to do? They might drink. Yeah. (laughs) That's one solution. (laughs) Now the millennials are going on YouTube or what? Where do you go for in a group exercise class? Or where does one, where does do, where does it? Peloton, yeah. They go on Peloton or wherever. They go online and they, during COVID, the younger gen, the gen, gen Zs, right? And, and then gen, and then uh, millennials, right? Okay, so the younger, the ones who are younger than Gen Xers and maybe some Gen Xers, you know, they're going taking exercise classes online during COVID. What does, what does the older person do? Their go-to is not... You're lucky if you can get an older person to go do formal exercise in the gym because, or in here. Now, as they get older, they have more time. But remember, Dr. Cooper's book didn't come out till 1968. Pumping Iron didn't come out till what, 1976 or whenever it was. And then so formal exercise in the weight room and uh, fitness centers and all these things start, did not start getting popular until the 80s and 90s. How old were you guys by the, by the 80s and 90s? 40s, 50, like your most of your adult life, your habits had already formed. So what's the likelihood that you're now going to go to a gym? Now, later on in life, you, you join your peers in formal exercise, but it's still not, well, and then they take away group exercise classes, right? In, in skilled nursing facilities, it's, it's devastating, yeah. right? Walk's a great way to do it. It, well, it's a great walking is a great solution, and so I'll throw in a, a treadmill is good if one is used to the treadmill. But it's also 
all the visual stimulation that's coming at you, that's good for your vestibular system because our vestibular system is directly connected with our eye muscles. Oh, what questions about, about all that were, so, oh, solutions. So let's get to that. So what helps the vestibular system? So yes, walking outside, visual stimulation, head movement strengthens the vestibular system, right? So don't, don't be afraid to get out and move your head and look around and enjoy life. Cause if we're getting out and about, we tend to move our head more. We got to look and see where things are. Whereas if we just stay indoors, do our group exercise classes, we can do a lot staying very rigid and not moving our head. Right. And people can even get neck problems because of a vestibular problem. They hold their head still because they get dizzy when they move their head and then do that long enough. You're going to develop a neck problem because you're holding your neck like this. Um, improving the balance system overall. Of course we can do that. Um, confidence. So walk faster. There's another solution. There's a number of different reasons why walking slow actually increases fall risk. I probably need to repeat that. Don't I walking slow increases fall risk. So it's, it's a lot like a bicycle. If you, if you ride, are you better balanced on your bike if you ride it faster or slower? But, um, so walking fast. So we're, we're better balanced if we walk fast. If we walk slow, we're less balanced. It increases our risk of falling if we walk slow. Now, just like riding a bike, if you get too fast, then it starts reversing the other way. But in, yes, but in this population, that's very rare. Usually there's a specific uh, neurological diagnosis or something that goes with that. Sometimes a personality trait, they're usually, they usually have a lot of testosterone. So we, we see, I'll see that more with men where it's a personality trait. They, they don't think to slow down risk taking behavior, you know? So, but in general, walking faster, you're going to be better balanced. So here's why. First reason, if you walk slower, one step tends to not be like the other. We know from the research that if one foot is, if one step is just like the other, then falls are significantly less likely. It's called gait variability, meaning if one foot is, if one step is not like the other, you're less balanced, you're more likely to fall. Now, how do you solve gait variability? Walk faster. When gait velocity, meaning we increase the speed at which we walk, increases, gait variability decreases. Now, we can't think to try to have one foot just like the uh, one step right at, just like the other. We can try, but it's difficult to do. It's much easier just to walk faster. Walking faster is something we can more easily do. Yes. And so then the body knows how to do it. Here's the other thing that we're doing. We're taking the past 70, 80, 85, 90 years where someone may have moved well and we're just getting past the previous however many years that they're not moving well. We're trying to bring back the years that they, in which they were moving well. Your bodies know how to do this. It's a matter of bringing that out. It's kind of like a big iceberg. At the very top, you have that, you know, small percent that you're dealing with, which is now, 
and then underneath it is that huge iceberg underneath. That huge iceberg underneath was your life that you lived all those years when you just lived life and walked fast and ran around and raised children and grandchildren and just live life. You move normally. You can do it. It can be brought back. So we do this in memory care all the time. That's why I love memory care. Love working in memory care. All you're doing in memory care is bringing back the iceberg that's underneath the surface. You can get people. (laughs) It is because I do it every day. I spent um, about, I worked in a facility. There's independent living skilled nursing and, and memory care and assisted living. I, for the first year that I worked there, I spent 70% of my day in memory care because there was so much demand. The therapy had gotten so much behind, uh, back again, back to the healthcare system problem. Oh, well there's there. They can't remember the next session. They can't remember the next session. Well, no kidding. They can't remember the, the next session. They have, they have dementia. It's about bringing out what's underneath what's under the surface. So if you can take someone who's sitting in a wheelchair who hasn't walked in a year and has dementia, can't remember five minutes ago, within a reasonable amount of time, you can get them to walk down the hall into the dining room, handhold with, with, with one of the people working in memory care. You can make that much progress. I did it and I've done it. It's a blast to do. You're all you have to do is bring out. You all have hope. All you have to do is bring out the iceberg that's underneath the surface. Bring out. Exactly. How do we bring that out? So, uh, frailty. Let's talk about frailty. How are you guys doing on time? Good. All right. I was, there you go. I like it. Bible study apparently with for one, but uh, oh, there we go. All right, so I got till five. All right, sounds good. Four o'clock. Okay. All right, so I got till four o'clock. That's good. All right, so frailty. So you can you can tell it. You, ah, there you go. There's another reason for falls actually. So the and then the the urgency to, to have to get up and go yeah. and then you're in a hurry and then you throw in a proprioception problem and the fact and you throw in the fact that the lights are off and you're not focusing uh-huh. uh if it's in the middle of the night i'll give you one tip if you're worried about a balance problem put a walker at the end of the bed yeah. and use the walker when you get up in the middle of the night yeah. when i get up at three o'clock in the morning i am bouncing into walls Right? You actually sleep though. That that's that's the important thing. But like I sleep right through it. You sleep right through it. I, I have toddlers, so you know. So yeah, if if I have to get up at three o'clock in the morning for a toddler, right? I'm bouncing in the walls at the beginning. Now, do I care? No. Am I gonna break? No. Do I lose my balance to the point where I fall? Nah, unlikely. And if I do, then I'm not gonna break. So I just go. I don't take any time when I get up in the middle of the night. Don't want, yeah, I don't want to wake up either, right? But my balance is horrible, right? I'm bouncing into walls. Doesn't matter. My furniture is too big for my apartment, so I always have something to hold on to. 
right. Right. So is a walker at the end of the bed such a crazy idea if you think about it? Nobody has to see it. It's in the middle of the night. It's your own personal space. So if a quote unquote, I'm going to do this. So if a young, healthy person has a balance problem when they get up in the middle of the night at three o'clock and, and that's great advice and it's the most common strategy to use after the age of whatever, when you're worried about falling, waking up in the middle of the night. Right. Now, do I slow down? No. But am I there yet? No. I got those toddlers. That's right. I got twins coming. Oh, my God. Congratulations. The twins are coming. The twins are coming. Well, you look wonderful. Oh, yeah. I just hope they leave me. Wonderful. But yeah, it's so putting a bed at at a uh, walker at the end of the bed in the middle of the night. So that's one one thing you can do. The other thing you can do, just wait for your physiology to adjust. Wait for your balance system to come in. Stay on the edge of the bed. Wait a little while. So that's another strategy. Or if that's if you're seeing that you have a balance problem even after that, putting a walker at the end of the bed, not a bad idea. Nothing wrong with it. If my balance is horrible at three o'clock in the morning, what what do our eighty year olds do? Other than wait and sit on the edge of the bed. I don't know. I've never tried that before. I'm I'm gonna have to try that one of these times. Like she said, though, uh, stretching before you get out. Stretching before you get out. Yeah, you mm. yeah get clear headed, right? Yeah. All right. So let's talk about frailty real quick. We'll 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 blow past this. So we now have a def a definition for frailty according to the research. So three questions. One, depends. It depends. Now, a lot of times, especially with, with your age, if you're losing weight, it's actually more of a problem. Now, yes, if, if you're, if you're exercising and you're eating healthier and you you know, you're purposely losing weight, that's different. But that in the majority of cases with, uh, with people over the age of, shall we say 80, the bigger problem but there can also be things that cause weight loss that you really don't want. There can be medical reasons why someone might be losing weight. Someone can be, they can be losing their muscle rather than, than body fat. They can be losing all sorts of, all sorts of different things. So they're losing weight for bad reasons. Second question. Can you stand up from a chair five times without your hands? You can't. So we're looking for two out of three for a definition of frailty. Third question, is your energy level low? So if you answer two out of three of those. So those are the three big questions and they've simplified those down. So we know from the research, one, it makes it, that's a definition of frailty. Two, if you're frail, you're at higher risk of falls. And if you, if you get more complicated than that simple questionnaire, doesn't change the risk of falls. Those three questions are, are good enough and specific enough to determine whether frailty is increasing the risk of someone to fall. So just those three things. So basically energy, strength, and uh, if you're losing weight. How are we doing? What time is it? 
All right, so quick tips for exercise. So we know an exercise-based approach is good. Um, do something that you enjoy doing, something that's practical, something that you're comfortable with. Again, so are you going to get someone of the silent generation to all of a sudden step into the weight room with the meatheads like me? Maybe, maybe not. But especially, well, if you have a parent, you're probably not, definitely not going to get your parents to do it. Your children, if they're trying to push you into a 24-hour fitness, probably not going to happen, right? Now, if you can get in a group exercise class where you're comfortable amongst your peers, you're more likely to do it. Mom, can you can you get back to those exercise classes? Um, if you can get one on one, now maybe one on one Pilates, maybe you know something, something where one is comfortable. But start with something that's realistic. It can be something as simple as standing up and down from a chair. You don't need to go on a leg press machine to strengthen your legs. Oh, you can focus on things like such as standing up from a chair. Stand up fast and then sit down slow and controlled. If you need to start using your hands, start using your hands and then get to the point where you don't need to use your hands anymore. Incorporate both strength training and power training. Again, back to standing up from a chair. Not only can you stand up from a chair, it's progressing, not needing to use your hands when you stand up from a chair, but also be able to stand up fast when you stand up from a chair. Incorporate that power component. It's basically, a ner- it's a nervous system thing. You're training the nervous system at this point to respond quickly. Athletes are the same way. If you train an athlete to lift really slow, let's say they're doing squats with a bunch of weight on their back, and then they just do it slow, the goal is just to lift the weight, it's harder, and they don't develop that pop, that leg power. Whereas if you say move that weight as quickly as you can, then they generate that pop. Same thing no matter how old we are. It helps out. That's because that's what you're training. You're training the nervous system. You're training up here. You're training the, uh, the nervous, the nervous system that goes to the muscles. That's what you're training. And then the, and then the muscles change accordingly, but you're training the nervous system first. Um, so start where you are and then advance from there. Don't try to, you know, start with something that's realistic and steadily increase like any other behavior change. All right, so for a controversial statement, are you ready? Yeah. Don't overly, do not overly rely on water classes. Water classes, aquatic classes, water classes. You, we live in gravity. Our bones need gravity. They need weight bearing. They need loading. Yes. We, so, and I, I see that improving now, but there was a time where doctors seemed to be telling all older people, just do water classes, just do water classes, just do water classes. Why? As, as It's not the real world. It's not, not going to help with the bone density. Is it good and helpful? And does it help people move? Yes. It's a tool in a toolbox. It's one component of an exercise program, but not the end all be all. So if the only time you're exercising is in the water, there's a problem. But keep going to them, you know, but we keep going, but don't overly rely on them. You said it not be, it can be a cop out. Yeah. Um, but it's, you know, it's, it, it is easier, you know, get, you know, at least one start with, again, start with where you are now. So you don't need to all of a sudden reverse your exercise program, just add or replace one of your aquatic classes with land-based exercise or add a land-based 
on top of the aquatics that you're doing and steadily tilt it the other way to what maybe once once a week or twice a week you're doing an aquatics class and then the rest of the time let's say three or four times a week you're doing land-based exercises that would be the more of the approach i would take to it Lap swimming? No, not necessarily. No, because that's that's more that that's yeah that's that's extra that's real that's real exercise. I watch my language. Uh, yeah, but no, I don't consider lap swimming uh, aquatic classes in the way that we're talking about them right now. Right. Um, the fear of falling. Here, here's something else you can take away. So the fear of falling in and of itself increases risk of falling. Right. And we get that because our doctors are telling us, our children are telling us, the media is telling us, everybody's telling us, don't fall, don't fall, don't fall, don't fall. In and of itself can increase risk of falls if there's nothing wrong with the person. Still, fall risk increases because the person is afraid of falling. And falling tends to increase the fear of falling, which then increases the risk of falling. Now, you've been fortunate up to this point. That's good. It depends. So if it's every time I step up on a curb, I seem to miss, okay, I'm going to be more conscious before I step up on a curb. I'm going to be more conscious and make sure I turn on the lights around the house, even though I grew up with my mother saying, don't turn the lights on, don't turn the lights on. True story. Because my my mother was an Iowa farm girl and had running water when she was nine years old for the first time in her life, right? You know. Right, the depression made lasting effects. Right, so again, you better turn that light off uh, and don't leave it on. It saves you money. These are the habits that stay with us. But also, be careful of the advice of be careful, be careful, be careful, because then it cr- be careful. Don't don't fall. Don't fall. Don't fall. Increases that fear of falling. So, so the furniture walking. I can tell you that right now. If your furniture walking. One, stop it. Two, why are you furniture walking? Do you have a balance problem and maybe you need a walker? Or you've picked up a bad habit because everybody's been hounding you about not falling or you've seen too many of your friends fall and end up in the hospital, so now you have afraid of falling because you've labeled yourself as a certain age. And so now you start furniture walking because you're afraid of falling because of your environment around you, even though there's nothing wrong with you. Or all the time, every day. When we first find people, if they have a balance problem, they're over the age of 80. If they're not using a walker, 85%, 95%, vast majority, very, very rarely will, will we find somebody if they have a balance problem, and they're over the age of 80, let's say, they're not using a walker, right? But they have a balance problem. They're probably furniture walking in order to get by. Right. Right. So now with that being said, they probably should just go ahead and and use the walker. They might want to use a walker. They also want to find out if they're at risk for falls, if they have a balance problem. Again, why are they furniture walking? It might be because just fear. Or they need to um, 
they need to use a walker. So then the solution around that is to find out why the balance problem is there in the first place and train yourself so that you no longer need a walker. And then you can be guided on when to appropriately remove it. Yep. And don't tell me, oh, I'm not planning on falling. You cannot plan on it other than the three months in advance. It's kind of like saying, oh, I don't plan on retiring broke. Well, you better plan in the future then. That's, that's when you make those decisions. So basically in short, so if you do have a balance problem, talk to your doctor. If you have a distance problem, talk to your doctor. Don't let these things go by. Find a physical therapist that can help you. Find a solution. These things are, they don't just happen just because. They're there for a specific reason, sometimes for a scary medical reason, vast majority of the time not, but it they're there for a reason. They don't happen just because of age. They don't happen just because there's a specific reason for every balance problem every single time. Have not found a time when I could not, where we could not figure out the cause of a balance problem. There's always a specific reason. So that means there are specific solutions. All right. So speaking of so solutions, so what's a vestibular therapist do? Let's talk about that. So basically those are specialists in the inner ear balance system or the, that main central balance system. Customized program. We know from the research supports it. We know from clinical practice that a good vestibular um, uh, re, rehab program will be an individualized approach. It cannot be a cookie cutter approach. And so we find out why the person's having a balance problem. We find out why they're dizzy, why they have vertigo. And then we give them a specific solution based on why they have that problem. There's always a why we just have to find out what it is. And then we can develop a specific individualized solution. We usually, it, we usually take an exercise based approach to the problem. Uh, depending on what's going on, it may or may not be in collaboration with a physician, rarely, but sometimes we need that. Um, now, if they have vertigo, then it's a very simple repositioning maneuver. I say simple because I've done it thousands of times, but um, it's a repositioning maneuver. No medications necessary. If someone has vertigo, it's completely treatable. We just have to reposition their body in such a way that gets the crystals out of the wrong spot. That's all we have to do. So the exercise-based solutions, it does a combination of rewiring the vestibular system. So we just have to get things tuned up, get things connecting properly. Uh, it desensitizes us. So if we're having dizziness, then we get to the point where we're moving our head side to side, for instance, if that makes us dizzy. Um, it helps just from a desensitization standpoint where it, it doesn't make us dizzy as much as before as the brain is rewiring, just the exposure, that gentle exposure makes us less dizzy or at least not as bad. And of course we can strengthen that, the balance system as well. We've talked about the walking faster part. Oh, on the walking faster part, the other, the other reason why walking uh, slow is a problem. When we walk slow, we spend more time in this position. How difficult is it to stand like this? It is. Mm-hmm. When we walk slow, it's 
probably like this. When we walk, see how difficult this is? You see me wobbling. When we walk slow, we spend a longer period of our walking cycle in this position. So we're. That's what they were measuring this morning. Yeah. So we can do this, right? And it's a good balance. It's a good balance exercise. It's hard to do. Imagine if you walk that way all the time. We're spending a large amount of our time with both feet on the ground, and when we walk faster, we have less of our, of our time with both feet on the ground like that. And on top of that, one step is just like the other, and we have confidence. We tend to look down like yeah, this. Correct. You track all that. Right. Instead of your hand. Yeah. So this is one of our clients who had vertigo. A lot of medical complexity as well, but basically um, he, 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 coined, he talked uh, quite a bit about the cookie, the lack of a cookie cutter approach and how that was able to help him. So finding a specific solution for the problem. So why was he having the problem that he was having? And because of that, now he's getting back to horseback riding, he's getting back to work, he's able to drive again after having horrible vertigo and dizziness problems. So really being able to get back to life again. Our client, Imana, very similar problem, was having uh, severe vertigo uh, for about six months, was getting treated about 16 times by another vestibular therapist. Um, couldn't, didn't solve the problem. And so within a couple weeks, life was back to normal. Once we figure out why she had vertigo and treated her and now she's 100% back to normal, going hiking, doing yoga. I gave her yoga exercises, told her to go through a yoga routine. So her head would be moving a lot, right? Again, these are individualized solutions. How do we get her back to yoga? Just because you treat somebody for vertigo doesn't mean they're going to go back to the things that they used to do because every time if your head moved when you bend down or you look up or you roll over in bed and if that happens to you for six months you're probably not going to want to do that anymore i had one client who was suffering for 35 years with vertigo one treatment session and it was gone after 35 years she's had vertigo as long as i've been alive it's not always one time but you get the point and so it, sometimes it can take more than that but this it's simple. There's a simple solution. It's completely treatable. Right. So we have a 74 year old client who fell, ended up in the hospital. Uh, and now she's getting back to base, basically being able to take care of herself again after coming out of the hospital. Um, she talked about the team collaboration that we take, um, with our practice and then the way we commu we communicate with their doctors. So that's very important. So make sure that the healthcare providers are talking amongst each other. So this 77 year old male in Rowlett, he had a balance problem, but he had a bad experience after a hip replace or yeah, after, after a hip replacement, basically, again, why was he having a balance problem where it was a combination of that vestibular strength that was no longer there, a back problem, a leg tightness problem that was pulling him forward, a hip weakness problem, all these different things together, you cannot throw a cookie cutter approach at that. And actually, I would say he's more normal 
for for the population because how many of us or how many people over the age of 80 have one cause to a balance problem it's probably a combination of the arthritis in the knee the fact that they have a history of vertigo it's also the hip weakness that they also have it's also the cataracts that they have going on it's all these things together it's a bunch of stuff hey everybody this is the producer anmar here if you enjoyed this episode please leave us a review if you want to subscribe to the Optimove podcast, head to www.podcast.optimovedfw.com. That's where you'll find links to subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Once again, that's www.podcast.optimovedfw.com. To learn more about Optimove, our practice, go to www.optimovedfw.com. And lastly, if you're in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, give us a call at 214-712-8242. That's 214-712-8242. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you in the next episode.